We are Things I Found Online with Joe Cipriano, Larry Morgan in absentia, and Louise Palenker. Be advised and forewarned, radio legends are exploring the internet. Louise. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Thank you, Joe. The Louise Welcome, panel and invited guests. We have we have we're going to have three guests in the studio. If Waze has routed Lori Roggenkamp correctly, she should be arriving momentarily. I hope Lori can make it uh, here. Yeah, but we have teenager Ray Bernstein. We have comedian Loria Roggenkamp eventually, and we have opera tenor Omar Crook. Oh Let's, my gosh, this is fantastic. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's Larry me. is bundled up in bed with his Facebook watching us and weeping uh, softly <laughs> that he couldn't be here. He didn't want to sneeze germs on any of us. And so, oh, is oh, Larry's not feeling well? I didn't realize well, that. Yes. Oh gosh. Or so he claims. And okay. uh, we're going to begin the show by yes. Googling Omar because we have to. That's our tradition. Yeah. And um <laughs> So let, and let's, we have. I want to say while, while we're busy googling Omar, I want to say that the studio has been all retooled, and there were there was it's like beautiful just a, a conglomeration of people here over the weekend, just pulling cords in and plugging other cords out, and doing whatever genius things that they need to do to make this podcast studio like the best yeah. in all of Sherman Oaks. You know what I love the most, Louise, is the shot from the top of the uh, uh, like up at the ceiling. Yes, we rented a that. crane. There, there. <laughs> oh, you have a crane in there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Big budget stuff. All right, so oh, can we you don't zoom in enough. You can almost see the text on Joe's phone. Do we? <laughs> That's true. Ooh, somebody got a text. Let's see. Oh. Uh, I just want to so, say that Ray is sitting in my seat. So far, and, is this and I'm the best okay show you've that. ever watched? Okay, so here's Omar. When you Google him, he's SAG and AFTRA Equity, and he's a member of a lot of different unions. Wow, mm-hmm. you got a lot of unions going. Click yep, on his yep. IMDb, though. I think we may find that to be interesting. Okay. Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. Oh, it's not good. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just. Wow. Let's see. Well, you have really? an there IMDb, so there you are. Yeah, I should have doctored it up a little bit, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I put in some fake credits. You know, some seat fillers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so Omar's an opera, opera singer, which means he gets to do some session work. Sometimes he, he can be on Happy Feet or something. That's right. Singing. And what did they have wow. you do on Happy Feet? Uh, I sang an aria, an opera aria that uh, Get Eric, closer to the microphone. I sang yeah. an opera aria that Eric the Penguin sings at this uh, kind of a climax of the drama. So you're, you're you're the Marnie Nixon of penguins. That's right. I spent five years in music <laughs> school to be an animated penguin. You know, but I, you know, I get to do occasionally. I get to do film work. I think the last thing I did was uh, uh, that Keanu Reeves action movie, uh, John wow. Wick Two. And really? I did, yeah, I did Ghostbusters, the last one. I did uh, the Lorax. I, you so know, done. what will they have you come in and do then, Omar? Uh, well, I show up and they have music waiting. Yeah. And I put on headphones and I hear a click track and the conductor points at me and I start singing. Do you, so you don't even, they don't send it to you ahead of time? It's no. like you show up and they just give it to you? Yeah, generally. And sometimes, wow. I mean, occasionally they're still working on it and they'll just give you a handwritten something on the, on the spot. And it depends <laughs> on the, you know, it depends on the project. I work for a, a composer named uh, John Powell quite often and uh, I go to his studio on the Palisades and he just oh. will do it right there. And then we wow, sing it. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So how long have you been an opera legend? An opera <laughs> legend? Well, I mean, in my own mind, I've been an opera legend since I started about 25 years ago. Uh, you know, I, I'm not super well known outside of L.A. I think most everybody in L.A. knows me because I, I work a lot. I work at L.A. Opera and 
yeah. So I've been a professional did, singer for about 20 years. When did it change, Omar, where you would be singing and your mom or dad would say, shut up. <laughs> uh, and, and then all of a sudden you were a opera singer. Well, here's the thing. I didn't start uh, even studying music until I was about 25. And uh, I, had, I had studied to be a writer before that. Isn't that crazy, Joe? He didn't know he could sing. That is, that's, well, you know what? I, I'm much older than that, and I know that I can't sing. So, <laughs> you're already ahead I, of me. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to have my breakthrough moment like at any time. At, at any, yeah. any, at, at yeah. any time. It's going to be like, it wow. It could happen during this podcast. That's what it, happened it to may, me. It may happen. I mean, you could use music as a backup. I did. I wanted to be a writer, and I thought, you know what? That's kind of risky. I think I'll try opera as a backup. Yeah. But were you musical in other ways as a child? Uh, we had a piano in the house. I didn't take piano lessons. I didn't study. I uh, I think I always had a sense of rhythm and yeah. uh, language. Spanish was my first language, even though I don't speak it anymore. So languages were pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was always music playing in the house, but not anything extraordinary, not any more than I think anybody else. So interesting. Yeah. So when you began to realize that you had this gift, were you sort of awestruck by it? I was, yeah. My, you know, my grandfather died when I was 14, and it kind of sent me into a tailspin. And I spent hmm. about a decade trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'd always oh, wow. liked writing, and I'd been accepted to UCLA's creative writing program. And I had to go back to school. I dropped out of college, and, and I went back to junior college to take one more class. And uh, I couldn't get the class that I needed. And so I signed up for a beginning singing class, like a at Santa Monica College, just a group singing class. And by the end of that semester, um, my teacher, I'd sung a couple pieces and I I discovered I could sing. And uh, yeah, and she said, show up on Thursday, wear a suit, (laughs) sing this song. I showed up (laughs) and there were people at a desk uh, with note, you know, with like clipboards. And uh-huh. I sang a couple things, and they said thank you very much. And the you know a week later, I was given a scholarship. And you know that's funny. I that had somebody it. show up uh, Tuesday in a suit, and then I became a, a doorman. That's, <laughs> that's all that you, happened. You, to you me. probably make more than I when do. When did you learn that you had a talent for that? Opening doors. Have you always opened oh, doors? Oh, you know what? I have always opened doors. The problem I have, it's a challenge, is closing, closing doors. Closing them, yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, done. you know, Omar, as he mentioned as we were getting seated here that he um, that he's on LinkedIn. Oh. And uh, sometimes, you know, being online it is kind of good for morale, and other times it's soul-crushing. So, <laughs> soul Omar, crushing. would you like to read the message? Yeah, so I just got this message on LinkedIn, which I don't, I don't use, really. Um, and I think I was on Facebook and I followed a link that happened to be on LinkedIn and then my computer signed no me in automatically. No one needs to be on LinkedIn. We all get there accidentally. What is, I know. I think so. <laughs> exactly. I mean, who uses yeah. LinkedIn? I don't, I'm not an engineer. Well, the, the scary thing about LinkedIn is if you go to look at anybody, they know. They get a, a, a message that uh, Louise Planker just looked at you. That's it. I mean, it's, it's it. kind of so strange. So this uh, former colleague of mine who I've sung with in the past wrote on September 8th, Total douchebag who thinks he's got talent. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so I, I, I have a varied reputation, apparently. Wow, so you, I, you I actually know this person. would not call him a colleague. I'll tell you that right I do, now. Yeah, I do know him. Uh, yeah. and This I think, is an online yeah. feud, you guys. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> what are you going to say? I, I just, Let's compose your answer together. I just said, oh ha, God, ha, 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 Let's write ha, it ha. now. Oh, that's ha. good. That's <laughs> always a good response. Call him out publicly right here and send him the link. No, yeah, I can't possibly do that because I actually sing with uh, his wife at L.A. Opera. 
Well, what Whoa. the heck? What's going on the here? Maybe he's jealous. Are you spending jealous. too much time with his wife? The plot. So we'll see. No, 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 I don't think so. I'm not sure what's behind it, but uh, I'm sure I'll find mm. out soon, and then I'll write All in, right. and you'll have a whole episode. Well, we have uh, YouTube evidence of Omar's undouchebaggery. Oh, so, thank you. And talent. Wow. So, do you have that link of Omar singing uh, Ray's favorite opera, "The Barber of Seville"? Oh, wow. We're going to play the entire opera. Show. I know that oh, yeah. from Looney Tunes. Please See, most people know it from Looney Tunes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Ready Bugs to go. Bunny. Oh, that oh. looks so professional. There I am. Wow. Which one is you? That guy. Oh, okay. One not wearing a dress. <laughs> you know, the guy one in the not powder blue silk outfit. Who's upstairs kind of lurking? <laughs> That's Figaro. He's scaring me. Yeah. Figaro. That's the one. I just, I just want, want the, the, the outfits. outfits. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. You could never get cold wearing socks that long. <laughs> <laughs> but putting, putting them, them on, on Ray takes, takes about 22 minutes. minutes. <laughs> wow. You knew all the notes. All of them. That oh, was most so of them. impressive. As many as I can. Yeah. So wow. is that fun just standing there and, and hearing that sound come out of you? Uh, yeah, yes, and it's also terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's both. I, uh, I, I've, amazing. I don't know how you do with nerves, but uh, for me, I've always been a very nervous singer, mm. and uh, it's very common in my business uh, to be that way. There are some famous singers that always vomit before they go out on stage. <laughs> they get oh so nervous. He, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, I get to sing songs for a living. Well, it's probably like being a jockey. You have to manage this giant horse that's your voice, but you, you're the one... Who has oh, to thank be Thank God you don't have that video. I mean, I was young. I needed the money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, it's a powerful Quick, instrument. Pull that you, up. Right, you're yes. the one who has to control it. Right. Yeah, no, there's a, a tremendous amount of training. It's a, You're always walking a, a very thin line, technically. You have to act. You have to remember where you're supposed to go. You have to Absolutely. know what you're singing about or who you're singing to. And so you never, you never lost that uh, the, the nervousness before doing, an, uh, you know, uh, being on stage. You've, you've no, continued to no, have I that. wish that I had. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I have a, I have this heart condition, and I have to take beta blockers. And I didn't know about this heart condition until about five years ago. And mm. I started taking beta blockers, and it is like a silver bullet. It's incredible as far really? as nerves go. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, so that's been a real godsend to me. Um, but no, I still get really nervous. I've got a, I've got a gig in 2018 in Lima, Peru, that I'm already losing sleep over. So yeah. That's I, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we should all get panicky yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Lima, Peru. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, Louise uh, gets nervous making coffee in the morning. I it's that free. <laughs> well, of try some beta blockers, or, or go to decaf, go. one yeah. or the other. So <laughs> go to decaf. So at this point in the, in the show, we were supposed to segue into Lori, yeah. but you know she's not here, so we're going to move ahead. So Lori, to, how are you? Do oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Lori, here we go. Yeah. Lori is uh, according to ways not here. <laughs> it's a very useful app. It lets you know when you're not somewhere. When you're somewhere. not somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been confirmed she is not here. So we have Ray. And Ray, Ray, Ray how old are you? 15. And how do we know each other? Uh, I Get the mic really close to your mouth. Yeah. No, like just this. you can swing it towards you. Yeah, it swings. Yeah. Like that. That sounds Good. better. It's very directional. So the closer you are to it, the better quality sound we have gotcha. on our podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's generally, good, Weez. 
When you act, they tell you not to get close because your spit just engulfs the entire thing. <laughs> we don't worry about spit in podcast land. <laughs> That's right. In Thank opera you. land, they're spitting everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. all the time. There's no to... spittle in podcasting. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, no. so Ray, uh, what's our what's our backstory? Yeah. So I found you basically. Uh oh, stalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing stand-up comedy lessons in a kind of group class with you for about two years God, in, in Santa amazing. Barbara. In Santa Barbara, right? And when I first met you, how old were you? Come on, early thirteen. Right, er- and- <laughs> early thirteen. <laughs> oh, man. And what I okay. what I remember is I, that. By like- the way, I'm early sixty-three. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to point that out. Yeah. So <laughs> when, when I met you, there was there were some emotional disturbances that that you kind of were sharing with me Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has settled down correct sure can you give some of the backstory whatever you're comfortable saying uh yeah so when i started comedy i did not know that i was a boy Mm -hmm. so that was a very interesting journey that involved lots of emotions uh Mm -hmm. but now hurrah right Uh, so i do know so but you have told us that you, you came out to your parents sort of three different times in three different ways. I don't, it might have been four, it actually. It might have been four? Well, so can you lay it out for us? Okay, so. <laughs> Did they send you back to your room and say, you go think about this and then come out later? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, I guess it was, it was like a testing the waters experience. Like if they, if I, if they're okay with this, they must be okay with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, I think it was bisexual and then a lesbian and then non-binary and then a guy so that is four different times yeah yeah wow and so do you do your parents each time were they comfortable with what you were saying to them yes more uh i can't find a word i don't know more shocked as time went on almost like really it was it was as they were, as it evolved, they, they well, were more. Well, I don't know. I feel like you come out once, and people are like, "Okay, that's it." Like, right. you know, uh, but it, it kept happening, and they were like, "Gosh, when is it going to stop?" <laughs> um. What's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but we're done. This is the end of the news. I think so. Okay, great. And, <laughs> and then, how, and how like, is it now with your relationship with your parents? Is it good? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Good. Was there a difference uh-huh. between your your mom and your dad and the way they took the news? Uh, definitely, my mom. Uh, much easier for her to accept hmm. things okay. yeah. and move past yeah. it. Um, my dad is still struggling. Mm. So. Yeah, and I did notice sort of a peace came over you as you came as you became more aware uh, and comfortable of who you are mm-hmm. and more maybe honest with yourself and with the world about who you who you uh, are. Definitely. Yeah. So, and you were sort of going through uh, this transition during <clears throat> the while politically we were going through the whole. However, the world was going to accept transgenderism in terms sure. of bathrooms, you know, which like yeah, was yeah, a, yeah. a weird kind of touch point for for mm-hmm. us to kind of determine whether or not this was we were going to be okay with trans people was whether or not we were okay with where they pee. It, you know, <laughs> right, it's just right. pretty strange. Yeah. But like in your mind, like what did that represent for people and what were some of the fears? And because you're still a young person, you really haven't been on the planet for very long. Mm-hmm. So... But you've noticed change in your lifetime, correct? Yes. I mean, I, I guess what I compare it to is like how it was not about the drinking fountains, it was not about the bathrooms. Ah, yes. mm, wonderful wow. analogy. Wow. Good it, one, Ray. Yeah. It really, uh, the bathrooms hmm. is what got people talking about it, but that really is not 
the issue. I mean, yeah, we'd love to pee. Um, I'd love to pee and not feel uncomfortable. That would be great. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's an age. Oh, thing. How are those By beta the way, Omar is peeing right now. I just want to say. Uh, yeah, but it really, it really is just uh, us and like transgender people. We want to go outside and not feel like we're in danger, uh, and that's where the bathroom absolutely come into play. yes. Because um, mm-hmm. so. you're vulnerable in a bathroom. We all are. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Your pants are down. You know, sometimes. And I think uh, that says it all right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. not. I feel vulnerable when my pants are down in my own house. It's it hard doesn't. to run away. <laughs> <laughs> my pants are down right now. Right and I'm, now, I'm not feeling good about it. Um, and so what is there online or for transgender kids and what have you, what do you, how do you think the relationship is between uh, more and more transgender people being comfortable being themselves and being able to read online that there's other people just like you and find community? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So online can be a curse and a blessing, definitely, because there mm-hmm. are good places and there's bad places. Uh, for me personally, I had joined a group very early when I was about 13 I joined a group in Santa Barbara where I live called Pacific Pride Foundation and they're amazing and I think they also are stationed here in LA somewhere um anyway I joined a youth group for them when I was very young and that's how I kind of learned about everything and figured out who I was but that's not the same story that most kids have because Mm -hmm. unfortunately those types of groups don't exist everywhere yeah uh so I know Tumblr is a huge platform uh, for for trans kids, for gay kids, for anyone in between, uh, a lot of support, a lot of people just talking about their experiences and uh, just talking, you and know, she- which is good because a lot of the time people don't talk and they kind of know that it's going on, but they don't they don't bring it up, yeah. you know, yeah, right. So we're going to show, uh, we're going to check out a Tumblr page. You know, you can find a lot of Tumblr pages that's, that have lists of different ways that you can feel either in terms of your sexual preference or in terms of your your gender identity. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's some crossover uh, in terms of who, who people find romantically attra- attractive um, based on who they are or maybe based on nothing. But uh, this this one is called Gender Fluid Support. Mm-hmm. And it starts at the top of the page by saying that there are six types of attraction. Sexual, I want to have sex with you. Romantic, I want to date you. Sensual, I want to hug slash kiss you. Platonic, I want to be friends with you. Aesthetic, you look nice. And alterous or alterous mm-hmm. can best be described as desiring emotional closeness with someone uh, is neither platonic nor romantic, but rather somewhere in between the two. I feel like there's a lot, like it, it, when you're yeah. young, there's a lot of that. Like you just feel like so mm-hmm. emotionally uh, mm-hmm. intertwined with somebody and you that's, you know, really powerful because you're growing up together and you're sharing all of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, everything And then is it goes on to say and, yeah. that all types of attraction may be used as suffixes <clears throat> along with the words either fluid and flux. Feel free to mix and match your own pr- prefixes and suffixes to create the orientation that best describes you. So then it goes on to list a whole bunch of things Um that are like really specific. So, um, so if they're saying, for example, that if you take the word, the words sexual or romantic, and then you add one of the following terms to describe yourself, for, uh, for example, I am apothesexual, which means I do not want you touching me, mm. um, oh. Charlie Rose, or I am, <laughs> <laughs> or I am omni-romantic, yeah. which means that I am attracted to all genders. So, or omnivores. 
Yeah. So, Ray, can you <laughs> or, <omnivores>. <laughs> <laughs> or um, I'm attracted to omnivores? Ray, can you explain the difference between sexual preferences and gender identity? Because I feel like that's like it. It may feel like that's rudimentary, but that's a place where a lot of adults get hung up. And you're mm-hmm. here really to help people our age understand this. Mm or better understand this Mm -hmm. so i guess just simply gender identity who you are uh sexual orientation who you want to be with i like simply um so and then going deeper gender a lot of people think gender that's what's between my legs uh which for a lot of people it can be but for people who are transgender it's you know what's in your brain and uh you call what's between your legs the sex and the genders in the brain and uh so that's what that is and the sexual orientation part uh is who you want to be with uh sexually basically who you're attracted to sexually but then also importantly is romantic um identification is who you want to be with romantically Mm -hmm. so that can Mm -hmm. that can differ for some people who are uh asexual aren't interested in sex uh which is important too so if so there, there could be people that are asexual not interested in sex but would they develop crushes would they fall in love and have Mm -hmm. want to have a romantic definitely Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that so that's all that stuff is really interesting because um, if you watch um, I am Kate is that the name of the program uh, the one with Caitlyn Jenner uh, oh, she okay. says that and I and I'm not sure if Chaz Bono said this as well but after they start taking hormones they might be differently attracted sexually is there is there any is there any truth to any of that. Uh, yes, <laughs> kind of. Uh, it's it's interesting because a lot of people do uh, express feeling different types of attraction, but uh, there haven't been a lot of studies on it. So it's not like I can tell you this is what's happening. This is what's not happening. But I think what would make the most sense is that once people take hormones, they really do start to feel more like themselves. And I think Mm. that allows people to be more comfortable with who they are, which in some cases can allow people to feel themselves being attracted to a broader range of people. Uh, So that I think it can definitely happen. Going on hormones uh, can correlate with people feeling different uh, sexual attraction. That being said, though, I also know a lot of people who have been on hormones and whose sexual attraction hasn't hasn't changed at all. Mm -hmm. So Mm. got it. It can happen, but not in all cases. I just have to say, Ray, I mean, you're 15 years old. Is that right? (laughs) Right. I mean, I know I've known I've been 15. And I, I don't know very many 15-year-olds who are as mature and well-spoken. And, I mean, it, it really is stunning. It's Thank amazing. You. So your experience and what you've had in your life has has been um, so amazing in bringing you to, to where you are. It's Definitely. incredibly impressive, you know. Yes, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. um, and while we're talking about the Internet, which we are prone to do on this show, um, even you said – and. Because uh, Ray got the research for the show ahead of time, even he said, "I don't know what most of these things are." So, do you, do you think that maybe one of the problems with the internet is that it can be offering up too many choices and and further confusing people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I definitely think for people uh, looking in from the outside, it can seem like that, and I definitely think that it could be confusing. I, I get a lot of people, or I've heard of people saying a lot of things like, "Oh, you're just making things up." at this point or you don't need that many identities which I can understand from a person who's not affected by sort of those types of feelings 
I personally don't feel the need to identify myself uh, as specifically as some people do. Uh, that being said, I can't discount those feelings because, you know, so many different people have so many different life experiences and for whatever reason, you know, might feel actually feel the need to identify in this way, in this way, in this way, uh, and say that to people to show other people, you know, this is what I'm okay with, this is what I'm not okay with, uh, and be very explicit about that. So I, I personally don't, I just say, look, I'm a straight guy, like, that's all you need to know about me right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but a lot of people do. And I can understand that. And I have a lot of friends who do identify uh, with a lot of more terms. So and some of the terms also felt like, well, I could feel this way before lunch and then mm -hmm. this way after lunch about this specific person and uh, this specific person differently. Like some of it is was was just so um, specific. It was it was it, more it, about how you feel it about depends one person. On the lunch, I think, <laughs> like <laughs> what, what you have for lunch, having, you know. Yeah. Well, I wish that we didn't have to be so specific. I wish, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, complicating things. I think it would be a lot more simple if we taught our kids that who people want to sleep with and how they identify themselves is totally irrelevant and it's the content of your character that carries mm. you through the day. Absolutely. And I think it's a shame that we have to go through a list like this to identify every single possible mm. permutation of sexuality and gender when really yeah. we should just be judging each other by who we are and how we behave and how we treat one another. Right. It's, it's like training women how to avoid rape. You know, you, you can spend a year going to how to avoid rape classes instead of just teaching your son not to rape women. Mm. Yeah. That's, no, that's what we should exactly be doing. That's exactly the problem. It's exactly wow. the problem. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think it's I think it's complicated because sexual attractiveness or attractiveness or attraction would be another word one. that I could have chosen initially. <laughs> They're um, all good. Sexual yeah. attraction causes people to behave in different types of flirty ways that can really sure. blur the lines. And especially now what's going on uh, culturally where there's just kind of like this wave of people saying, I was treated improperly mm -hmm. or I was harassed or I was raped or that seems to be, it's, we seem to be in a believe the accuser mindset that that's the politically correct thing to do is just if someone blows a rape whistle, we're all supposed to say, oh, that, that happened because she's saying so. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, there is a lot of, and you, you know, you, you can, um, you can angrily uh, reply to me or even call <laughs> if I give you the phone number, which is 888-531-7171. We're but taking there, calls now, ladies and gentlemen. Schenectady, you're on the line. There's just a lot of flirtiness that can give some guys the wrong idea, like, oh, I thought you wanted my pants off. When yeah, I mean, of course, no means no at any given yeah, moment. Yeah, but some no guys, how, they, they think just because a woman says hello, that then she's inviting that in. It just, you know, it depends on where, where the yeah. guy is. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I work with a lot of gay men at the opera. And uh, I, I've, I mean, they, not, I mean, it's not like I'm harassed, but. It's a flirty. They say, yeah. and, and you know what, I. Uh, I'm fine. I, th I find it flattering that, that people find me attractive. I'm not attracted to men, and I don't take great offense at somebody uh, saying something like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's the, you know, it's the, the people who are the most vociferous and the loudest mouths out there about anti-gay and anti-LGBT are the ones that want dicks in their mouths. <laughs> those are the, those, that's how it goes. Yeah. That's a really yeah. direct statement, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... Can I say that? I think so. <laughs> you, because you just I, did. I, 
I do think that they've done studies where if they study the people that uh, perpetrate hate crimes against uh, homosexuals, Mm -hmm. then they wire them as part of their sentencing. They wire their genitals and show them uh, uh, homoerotic material. They're they're more aroused if they have beat up a gay guy. Right. So Hmm. there's that. And well, we all hate most in other people what we hate most in ourselves. Right. And there's not. And you know. Ray's here to say there's nothing to hate about any just accept everyone accept yourself and don't be so afraid of your own feelings because whatever they are is whatever was intended for you on on the planet as as you go through life and learn about Mm. about people and about yourself and uh, treat treat everybody with respect and a little bit of flirting is nothing but a compliment but it needs to stop there if that's where it's you know you have to read the room you have to be someone that's (laughs) always kind of like getting a feeling for whether someone wants you standing this close. Yeah, nobody's grabbed or, me at the mm-hmm. opera in the dressing room. I mean, that's a that's a, a different thing. That would be a completely different of thing. Course. And that's yeah. what a lot of women are alleging. And so mm-hmm. that's, you know, what you have to take very seriously. You know, coming up in radio, there was, or any, any industry that's male-dominated, there's just a lot of stuff that women kind of laugh off or whatever. Maybe we shouldn't have to. Yep. Yeah. But, um, but I never felt threatened. And so I think that's a completely different, just a... You know, once someone's dick is out, that's a completely different game that's yeah. being played. Well, there's mm-hmm. a there's a reckoning happening that's long overdue, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I all would, for it. Yeah, I would blow all kinds of whistles on that. That's mm-hmm. just completely yeah. not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, going back to what you were saying, too, like, why can't we just teach our kids to love everybody, you know, or, you know, love people who deserve to be loved, mm-hmm. um, you know, regardless of their gender and their sexuality mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they look and et cetera. But I think... That's one of the reason that reasons I think that people uh, feel compelled to use uh, more explicit labels uh, because of the people get scared, I think. And people mm-hmm. who, you know, are not straight white males feel like they need to set boundaries with labels uh, to give them protection almost because, I mean, you guys would be shocked at the amount of violence there is against transgender people who don't explicitly identify themselves that way. I mean... Yesterday was Transgender Day of Remembrance, uh, which is like a yearly thing. And in the last year, over 30 transgender people were brutally murdered in the United States, hundreds more around the world. And uh, I mean, one of the main causes is that sometimes these, a lot of, most of these murders happened in transgender women of color. And a lot of the times what happens is these, uh, they they go to have sexual intercourse mm-hmm. or be intimate with someone mm-hmm. and they haven't explicitly uh, identified themselves as a transgender woman mm-hmm. uh, because that could be dangerous to them. But the, a person finds out that maybe their body doesn't look like what mm-hmm. they thought it would look like and mm-hmm. people get mad they get they become enraged at the thing mm-hmm. they were attracted to exactly. because yeah. they think it yeah. says something about themselves it when does, it doesn't yeah. need to because well, attraction so. is, yeah exactly mm-hmm. sure yeah and yeah. so to to lash out and kill that thing you're attracted to Jeez. is like just the epitome of misogyny Ugh. and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's oh, like yeah. nothing should ever escalate to, to that point well, but unfortunately yeah. i think the internet kind of uh, facilitates that type of situation and that mm-hmm. uh when i was dating you it was you know, the person down the street or somebody that you went to school with, people that you know really well. Now you can go online and swipe True. left or right and hook up and yeah. you don't know that person and you find mm-hmm. out everything about them as you're taking your pants off. 
Yeah. And yeah, that can true. create a very dangerous situation for Definitely. a lot of people. Yeah. And I d- I'm just a firm believer that emotional intimacy should precede physical intimacy. Right. Like you should mm-hmm. really know a lot about the person right. before your pants are off. I don't think that's the case anymore. No. But it should be. Of so course. if you're watching. You know, if you're, like, <laughs> I, I think it's becoming the case. Wait, we have to introduce the new voice. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Laurie Roggenkamp has Laurie's entered in the, house. the room. Hello. Thank you, Wade, Hello, Laurie. for bringing you here. Hi. So, so that's Joe. Hi. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Joe. I'm coming to you from New York City. Oh, wow. Yes. Awesome. What's the weather like there? Oh, oh my we, gosh. We, you know what? We're going to show some pictures. The yeah. sunset this evening was absolutely unbelievable. It was like around, today was uh, in the 50s, uh, low 50s. So it was quite Did livable. Do you want to share your photographs as Lori talks about rape? Yes. Can we put up the, uh, <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah. I always <laughs> like to talk about sexual let's assault Let's over put up, uh, yeah, pretty pictures uh, uh, to accompany uh, the... Uh, dialogue oh my goodness Look at that. Oh, who took that that hey, is that's, beautiful that's me outside our building <gasps> we're here on wow. the east Joe, river that's magnificent it's incredible looking across wow. to oh, manhattan we have a video. oh that and, is uh, as beautiful as rape is horrible yeah so. uh, yes was, exactly what a juxtaposition yeah uh, i was actually on the way to the market to pick up unsalted butter that uh, my uh-huh. wife ann needed for her pumpkin cheesecake and then encountered wow. this and, and that's uh, what god painted yeah, he's good. Jesus, he's that good. is great. You think that's cool? You ought to see my wife's pumpkin cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, can Anne come back with? Uh, can we see some progress? Is she? I um, we can get is her it in, in the oven? Anne, do you have any pumpkin cheesecake uh, to show We'd us? We'd like this to isn't see. This a figure th- of speech, isn't it? I think, it is. I think that's she, what he calls <laughs> <laughs> my little pumpkin cheesecake. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yes. Sorry, so, Lori, what's the, what point were you going to make? Names if for you one another. Sorry, go ahead, Lori. We were. She's just jumping in mid-conversation, and here she goes, swimming oh, away. I know. It's, it's my nature to give my opinion no matter what. Yeah, um, that's what I please. like about you. <laughs> yeah. I think it is becoming, I think it is uh, starting to turn to where it's more emotional. Good. Uh, preceding sexual. Because I think, um, y- especially f- my friends and, and people of my age, I think we're starting to see the uh, effects of not... Um, you know, of not of not sort of getting to know somebody. Yeah, not having that connection. It leaves you feeling so vulnerable and yeah. and used, mm. I guess is an easy word, but just yeah, it's just it's an icky feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's uh it and I I also think that um it comes with just age as well. I mean there's some kids who are just emotionally um, mature mm-hmm. from a from a young age. I know. Yeah, a lot take a of, look uh, at Ray. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah sure. Exactly. Um, but when I was a kid, I was always like, I was the I, I'm the type of person where if you told me the fire was hot, I wouldn't believe you until I put my hand in the fire. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I was. Oh, people are like, don't have one night stands. That's just emotionally like putting mm. your hand in a fire. And I was right. like, but uh, I let's never find done out. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it, and I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, afterwards, like I kept trying to talk. I was like, so what do you do? Like, yeah. What What do you say? Like, and your name was right. I, yeah. Do I have you on Instagram? I have- yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, to her credit, she was definitely like, "Look, I don't want anything." So she was very much like, "So what was in it for her?" I don't. I see what I don't get it is when two girls do this. It was I mean, not. Uh, it was yeah. It was definitely. Uh, it was definitely interesting because it, it was one of those things where, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but when I, I kind of felt the same way, where I was like, "If you're just in it for the sex." 
what's in it for you having sex with me? Like, I was just no, like, no, no, no. I what just is mean, the point of this? I mean, feminine. I, I'm not talking about, you know, kind of like mutual attraction or like, you know, how dreamy anybody is. But I just mean like for women, and this is like really sexist for me to say, but for women, I don't... I don't see the point of like taking your clothes off and having them put them back on. Like, I don't see the point of doing that, like just for a sexual experience. Like for, for women, it's more like, Oh, I just love you. And I want to look into your eyes. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's how also, <laughs> but that's how I am too. And I think that that's how you are. And that's how, you know, you come at relationships. I know a lot of women who are very much just like, I, I'm, they're in a way almost like a man more more yeah phys- more like drawn to the physical yeah they're more drawn to the physical but Lori has dreamy eyes i do have to look right <laughs> into the camera look at her eyes and uh stunning and yeah i guess everyone's different right everybody's different and i yeah. think that that also plays into um you know the this new um sort of uh fluidity that's coming out which is something that i'm still very vague on like i i i should be doing more research but what i love about it is it's sort of like it's not only telling women that they can be more masculine or more feminine it's also telling men you don't have to worry about being and i i think that that's a huge what what i feel like men are missing from the feminist movement or from from uh from this movement is that it's not just about putting women up and m- making them equals. It's about also saying like men don't have to continuously be this like machismo guy. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I, I mean, yeah. every guy I've met, all my guy friends, I would be considered the most masculine out of all of them because <laughs> yeah. they are just such crybabies. Right. <laughs> like they bitch about everything. And so it's just like, and, but then when they're, when they're um, in a dating aspect, they always feel like they have to be like the tough person. Interesting. And so I'm yeah. the one right. that they go to. Yeah, they feel like they have to be the protector. And yeah. you're like, no, I'll protect you. Come here, my <laughs> yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so I mean, when I was a kid growing up, and I've told Ray this, because Ray is my comedy student in Santa Barbara, oh, and nice. he's trans. And uh, when I was a kid growing up, it was like, oh, um, check the box labeled tomboy. And so there <laughs> right, was a box sure. for me, and yeah. it was like all good. Yeah, you know, I was yeah. attracted to men, and I like to wear boys' sneakers. So, but there was a box for me. But if there hadn't been, and if I if I had lived in Victorian times, and I had always had to wear a corset and whatever, I would have been so unhappy. Oh, I would have yeah. not felt like me any day. Yeah. So I completely identify with trans people because I know what it's like to f- to feel like you have to dress in a way that doesn't feel like you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel that way not just about. Uh, dressing but just about dating in general I mean uh, I'm gay and so just the innuendo that you had to do in olden times when you met somebody like in like the not even like the 60s like you had there was just so much like eye contact like eye contact was a big thing and for me I have a hard time looking Mm -hmm. so I mean I would have been celibate for my my life like my whole life because I just would have been like I do not know what's happening here no I think I would have been school teacher like that would have been my box like yeah. oh or, yes you know i'm, I'm actually very fortunate because my <laughs> wife won't let me date so i don't even really she have to worry oh, about not this. at all yeah. my mind frowns on it yeah. too yeah. yeah well you know maybe that's for the mm-hmm. best because <laughs> you'd have to shave your legs or something yeah i'm not sure to. what the new rules are okay. but so now that Lori's here we can play some of her online can we google Lori? because we do google people let's when they google get her I yeah okay. i saw the you don't have a prison record i already looked <laughs> are you sure so, did you le- look deep 
No, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't go three pages in. All right. Yeah. But you know, she has that search engine optimization working. So that you <laughs> right. don't. You know, like once that's four pages in, you're good. So do we have? Uh, okay. So there's Lori. And now the thing about Lori that you immediately notice when you Google her is that her Twitter feed is hilarious. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, I got a follow. And it comes up. It comes up uh, at the top of the page. There's Lori. So (laughs) isn't she pretty? Uh, And she put a lot of effort into that hairdo. (laughs) Yes. So would you, Lori? Would you like to read some tweets? Like, do you have some favorite tweets? Can you see them from here? Oh yeah. I don't know if I don't know how good your the Wi-Fi is in this room, but oh, I I maybe John could read or, or Thomas could read. Oh, you took a photo of your tweets? I took Yeah. You're you so prepared. I'm so perfect. You are prepared. And I was like, oh, she I got to look screen caps her tweets, people. Things <laughs> to know about Lori. <laughs> I screen... Well, I actually... Now, lately, what I've been doing is screen capping them and then sharing them on Instagram. Oh! Because people... Ah, cer- certain good. people I know don't follow... They don't go on Twitter, but they are on Instagram. And okay. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. my genius needs to be spread across. I do agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, what do you got for us? This uh, is Lori Roggenkamp on Twitter. You want to go follow her? Go ahead. Yeah. So this one, this one legitimately was uh, something that made me feel good about myself. So I, I tweeted out. So this is eight words I say every day that has given me confidence and changed the way people treat me. I don't need a copy of the receipt. <laughs> um, that's genuinely, that genuinely changed my that's life. That's very good. And then there, there was a series of tweets that I, one of the things I, I do very well is I start, I'll start a run of, of things like videos or tweets, and then just as people start liking them, I'll run out of ideas. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was one where I lost my job and I needed a new one, so I just posted things that I, like... Uh, uh, things about myself that aren't necessarily the best for jobs. I said, uh, I need a new job. I'm a fast learner, but it takes me a while to pick up on stuff. Uh, I need a new job. I can do anything except most things. Uh, I need a new job. My avail- availability is wide open, but I can't work nights and we- or weekends. <laughs> and I need a new job. I'm a team player, but I like to do my own thing. <laughs> so that's like, that oh, we could run. we could probably like brainstorm some more of those. Yeah, easily. Like, yeah. I need a new job. I uh, I can work anywhere <laughs> except where you, wherever you are. Okay. I, I like this, uh, Laurie. Uh, I finally got my bookshelf put together so I can stare at books I have not read yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have yet to read. What else you got, Joe? And a picture. That's it's right there. I don't know if you can see that. Oh but. yeah, oh, yeah. Those, are all, those are all notepads I haven't written on and books I haven't read yet. So. <laughs> I love she that. has some good Twitter videos. So did you guys click on video on her Twitter feed? Click on videos because she's okay. got some great videos. Oh, thank media you. going to media. Going to media. Yeah. Going to media. Let's go to the videotape. So go diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, oh, there you go. How about this? That's an interesting shot right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tight Top 5. <laughs> Promo for my podcast, Tight Top 5. Oh, that's a podcast that I love. Uh, staying Positive Without Endless. Aw, doggy. Yeah. So we got a doggy if you're listening. And then there's a picture of Lori. What was going on here? Uh, what does it say? I've been awake for a total of... Oh, that I... Uh, uh, that I woke up. I think I was sick and I woke up... And I 
took NyQuil, so I woke up like sometime in 10 a.m., took NyQuil, woke up again at like 6 p.m., and then oh my God. watched Dateline with my aunt and then went to bed. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, was, was a full day. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's that's that's, oh, there we go. That's yeah. my Tinder profile. So that's oh, Lori with cotton <laughs> stuffed up her nose, <laughs> and I don't know. What, what is the, what is the uh, can you read it, Joe? Uh, uh, you know what? I can't see it. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. like uh, like Shia LaBeouf, I will be live tweeting my drug trip, drugs, NyQuil, Benadryl, and Mucinex. Here ah. we go. All right. So, so, but you feel better today, right? Yeah, yeah. that was a while ago. So live t- live tweeting your NyQuil drug trip. Yeah. That was a while ago. Uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf had done this thing where he, I think he had taken mushrooms or something, and mm-hmm. he was live tweeting his experience. How'd that so go then, for him? I guess. Not well. Uh, yeah. It was, you know, just a long list of things that he was trying to do to stay relevant. And uh, <laughs> and so uh, I, <laughs> to piggyback off that, I took Mucinex and Dayquil. And, um, <laughs> really lived it up. Yeah. 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 Really I noticed that a lot up. of my tweets have to deal with, I was going through them, a lot of them are like me talking about crying in my car or being sick. So I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> sound like a, you sound like an opera singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, You're uh, in. Lori, do, do you feel like uh, comedians feel a lot of pressure to be funny online in addition to being funny on stage? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think um, I think it's uh, it, it's hard to. It's also funny on different platforms. You mm-hmm. know, with Instagram, you have to be funny with pictures and and memes, and then Facebook, it's more. Um, I would say Facebook is more like a collection of everything because you can sort of, when you tweet, you can attach it to Facebook or mm-hmm. when you post mm-hmm. something on Instagram. Um, and then with Twitter, yeah, it's just very, um, it's a very finite amount of space that you have. So it's like, it's sort of, it sort of showcases what you're able to do in that construct. So a lot of times I think people will take that and say, oh, this person had a funny tweet. They must be a really funny comedian. Mm-hmm. And then they'll watch their standup and it's, it's not like that at all. <clears throat> it's just because just the tweets are completely different than an actual joke. Yeah, it's a different medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so will you look at other comedians online and judge them harshly? <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Immediately, I do that all the time, yeah. and and I also do a thing where uh, I'll look at a comedian and then read their tweets, and then like um, if they're funny, then I won't usually look them up, like because I'm just like I don't want to. It's almost like dating somebody who's a comedian. You're like I don't want to see you do comedy because I'm a worried you're not going to be funny. Okay, and so I want to uh, keep this in yeah. the moment. Like I want I want you to be funny in this medium. I don't want to take outside of that and then be like, oh, you know, you're actually kind of you know racist or something right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do you, so do you feel laurie now that they've opened up the amount of characters that you can use in tweets that it's it's not as challenging now to you know to come up with a, a joke in a, in a, what was it 182 uh 140 140 sorry yeah yeah i think some people got 182 i you know what i actually <laughs> found that um, I pretty I think people are pretty much trained on 140 yeah. so I, I still feel like that is gonna take some time I think we're not we haven't really seen how that's gonna affect people because we're yeah. still so indoctrinated with I mean me personally like 
the things that I've noticed is I'm allowed, I can like, I don't have to abbreviate so much. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's yeah. been exciting. Yeah. But, but other than that, like, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see a, a, a change in mm. stuff mm. as of yet. Yeah, it's not helping certain people spell Frankenstein correctly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> which, it, but it is helping me correct them and say it's Frankenstein's monster. That's right. That's Thank right. God. I'm so yeah. glad Very you said good. That. Not yeah. Frankenstein's yeah. Yes. monster. I've been teaching that to my son. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely stressful. I, I do see <clears> also <throat> see a new wave of comedians who are just completely cutting out social media <gasps> because they're just like, I just can't handle the, the pressure because I think also social media in a way is kind of a catch-22 because you want to have a presence, but it does nothing for you. Really? It, yeah, it really... Well, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm always under the gun to get everything online. And I was I had Louise on my show last week, and we talked about that where, uh, you know, recording the podcast and having a conversation is one thing, but then there's all this back-end work of yes. Facebook and Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's like I need to hire somebody just to do that stuff, yeah. and I don't care about it to begin with. So yeah. So exactly. let's click on. Uh, can you find the link for Omer's podcast? Omer uh, has a podcast called um, "Living with a Genius," which I assume he means me because I was <laughs> recently a guest on the show. Yes. I, I don't know if the genius is you, or are we supposed? To, is it supposed to be mysterious? Like, well, here's the thing. I uh, I'm a big fan of Mark Maron, WTF podcast. Oh yes. yeah. And he had an episode with Amy Poehler in which he pitched this idea about this kid who lives at home. Not a kid, a, a grown man who lives at home with his parents, who's a genius, and mm-hmm. it's called Living with a Genius. And I was listening to it, and I thought, oh, I'm going to rip that off. <laughs> and I didn't really know what it meant, but I loved the story, and I was hoping that Mark would. Like sue me or or do something. Notice me. Yeah, that's Anything. how you meet most yeah. of your friends, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. I harass them or steal their ideas and put them put it online. <laughs> Ooh, I think it started playing my episode because yeah. I heard my voice. Which oh, was interesting. Uh, is that? Oh no. So there's. What's so it, that's uh, his website. Yeah. You could play the theme song. It's pretty good. I did it myself. I yeah, sang it myself. M- oh, you is did? That my episode? Oh, wow. Wrote it myself. Wow. Cool. Oh, yeah. You know, that's. Oh, it's That must be right a now. thing. You know, Weez wrote is. our theme song as well. I did. Yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> that's me talking. Yeah, this is like the front end. And then, and then uh, yeah, it'll, it'll go. God, you're seconds. so good, Louise. I really don't I think I really said anything talk interesting. So good. Oh, you did. It was a great <laughs> I episode. I just said dry humping. <laughs> well, it's there worth you go. A listen for that. Wow. That's why I put it in the front end. <laughs> you do. You do say dry humping in a very funny way. You I do. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was talking about harassment at the, at the at the comedy store. <laughs> oh, oh. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff. You probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Yeah. Genius. Genius. <laughs> that's it. Howdy, folks. Nice. Well, nice. Genius. Oh, Omar. Oh, that's wow. great. Well, that's Very good, snazzy. Omar. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm a trained professional, you know. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> so how many episodes have you done? Uh, 87, I think. Jeez. You, uh, wow. So can you list some of the people you've interviewed? Sure. Uh, there's a very famous composer named Eric Whitaker, who I'm very close with. He's been on the show a couple times. Uh, a conductor at LA Opera, James Conlon. Uh, who just won the Grammy for Ghosts of Versailles, of, uh, which I sang on as well. I got kind of a mini Ooh. Grammy at home for that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Congrats. I've had all sorts of really interesting folks. Uh, you, of course. Yep. Uh, who else? 
Oh, I'm blanking now, but trust me, lots of great guests. Not mostly people in music, all kinds of. You, it's you, both. <clears throat> you know, I start. I started. The idea was to have people who just piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. People who I think are geniuses in their fields. Mm-hmm. People at the tops of their professions. No matter what, I'm, I, I love architecture. I love uh, engineering. I, I love music. I love comedy and acting and directing. And um, but by virtue of what I do, uh, being in the opera house, I just run into a lot of musicians. Um, yeah. A great friend of mine is a is a, a film composer, John Powell. Um, Jeff Beale, who does the music for uh, uh, House of Cards, I've had him mm. on just because I know these people mm-hmm. and I work with them. Sure. So I try my best to get outside of that uh, just for myself. I, I made a couple of deals with myself when I started. I don't know how you feel about this having your own show, but the Number one thing for me was to not go back and edit. I have a, I have kind of mm. a destructive um, perfectionism about what I do, and this was kind of a way for me to get over that and just put whatever happens. I'm just going to put it out. I mispronounce words. I use the wrong That's words. Great. Or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the other thing was just to explore my own interests and people in those interests, and and not really have a theme to the show. I, maybe I would have been better off just doing opera singers because there's like one other podcast that does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I'm always open to some business advice. <laughs> well, sounds like a second it podcast. Interesting. Yeah, yeah right. Opera singer yeah. podcast. Yeah. No, it's but is there a lot of pressure to get a new guest every week? Yeah, there is. As a matter of fact, this, this gal that you just put up on on the screen, uh, Jennifer Miller, she was a gal that I sang with eight years ago in a Faust that we did together, and. Uh, I called her up, I think, on a Wednesday, and we did it on Sunday, and I posted it on Monday. Sometimes I have two or three stacked up. Some I'm, I don't know. Like this week, I don't know who I'm going to talk to. Maybe one of you guys. Right, <laughs> one of us guys. Now, I, found, I was looking for videos of you online, Lori, and I found one, and um, sadly, uh, it had 15 views. <laughs> but well, I found that kind of adorable. That's uh, 18 very now. And exciting so, for me because usually the stuff I get has like 12. Yeah, so no, this will had 16 after I was done with it. And, yeah, uh, 16 oh, and it was climbing. the best yeah. because it was Lori and another comedian who were promoting a show. Yes. <laughs> and this is this is just an example of if you kids dream of going into comedy, Ray, you know, this is your life. <laughs> this is going to be your life. So. <laughs> You know, just I mean, this is a cautionary tale. Uh, not not walk of shame, but do you have the the link? I forget where it's. Yeah, is that it? Uh, yeah, the walk of shame. So they're interviewing people uh, on the street. It's man on the street, and oh, yeah, it's I just watched this today. yeah, this is oh, the I've best. Seen yeah. So they're promoting this show called Comedy Central Stage. Hi, my name is Kelsey Jepson, and I'm part of Walk of Shame, and we have a Comedy Central showcase. April 2nd at the Comedy Central stage at 8 p.m. We're here to ask random strangers their Walk of Shame story. (laughs) Can I get your guys' names? Uh, I'm Amy. Uh, uh, Graham. Hi, ladies. What's your name? (laughs) I'm Hayden. Hey, Hayden. Do you have a, a good, dirty Walk of Shame story for us? Yeah, I do. I um, once had sex with a guy next to the L.A. River and then had a walk back. Uh, one time I was uh, really, really mad at my uh, sister and I, uh, I slept with her fiancé and I ruined her marriage. Hey, well, that sounds really dirty. Did you take a shower when you got home? Yeah. That's good. Wow. Um... That's actually pretty terrible, Amy. You said, you said shameful. That's, I, I said shameful, not like 
Just like a terrible thing. I was just gonna say I drank out of the milk carton, but that's way fun. Get the fuck out of here, man! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Backpackers. Uh, show, April second, the Comedy Central stage, eight p.m. <laughs> Now that's a perfect example of how views are not everything. Because no, that's, that's a hilarious right. video. That's great. Thank <laughs> you. You go nuts oh on that guy. God. That's <laughs> the best. Thank you. So how did people turn out for the show? Like all 15 views? Did they come out? Yeah, they came out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all 15 people. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun show. I actually uh, shaved my head at that did show. You? Oh, that's yeah. why wow. that happened. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, it was. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was one of those things where again people were like, I don't think this is gonna be a good idea, and I right. was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> and uh, learn for myself, yeah. mom. Wow. Yeah. And uh, basically, what happened was, I it was a, a, a sketch that I had written, where um, the whole point of it was that the hairdresser had messed up and mm-hmm. had accidentally cut <laughs> too much off my hair. Uh, mm-hmm. I had really long hair at the time, and cut my ponytail, and then was trying to fix it, and then got some. <laughs> shavers and was trying to like clean up the sides and then shaves the side of my head or like just shaves like the thing so we did it with like a helmet where i made this helmet where you can like rip off strips of hair and it killed we did it for this other show and so i was like well it'll definitely kill if we do it with my real hair (laughs) right And so people, everybody's Boy, like, "That's a gamble." Yeah, wow. <laughs> everybody's like, uh, "It's a commitment." Well, uh, why don't we just use the the helmet again? Yeah. I mean, that seemed to do really. I was like, "No, no, no, let's use our real hair." Crickets, because <laughs> I what I found out was people weren't laughing as much as going, "Holy shit, they're cutting her yeah, real it's hair!" Kind of horrifying. <laughs> like, is she, is she a marine now? <laughs> what just happened? People were like, "Oh my god." She's really doing it. This is oh, real. It's to the point where people came up to me afterwards and were like, that was crazy. And I was like, <laughs> could you have showed any kind of emotion? There's a difference between courage and comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's Oh, my God. It was the worst because it's like you're getting your hair cut and sh- you're getting your head shaved and nobody's Giant. laughing. The thing about oh comedy audiences is that they're, they're extraordinarily empathetic. Like oh, they yeah. have a beating heart. And if something happens on stage that's just kind of like scalding, they don't laugh. Yeah, they they are like, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll they laugh. They want to know the you're helmet. okay. They want to know you're okay. Like you have to right. be okay, and then they'll laugh. Yeah, if you're maybe not okay, they're not laughing. That's what I didn't put together. <laughs> I I thought, I thought that the real thing would be better because it would be like oh this is crazy that she's doing it like this yeah but what i didn't really yeah exactly the helmet worked because that people, was the laugh right yeah, yeah. people helmet, yeah. knew that i wasn't going i what it wasn't a real thing yeah right whereas with feet mm. um now you're like andy kaufman all of a sudden yeah, exactly. right. yeah. it's shocking yeah. it's shocking us yeah so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get ready to wrap things up here and um we're gonna dive into things that we found online this week yes. and i'm gonna open i want you to close joe because larry's not okay. here and your thing is about Thanksgiving, and I think we it is. Close it's with very that. timely. Yeah. And my thing is something that Ray brought up to me because the kids come into my comedy class I teach in Santa Barbara, and I'm like, 
Because I, my new show is Things I Found Online, and I have no idea what's going on online, so I will ask <laughs> the kids. And I said, I said, what about conspiracy theories? Is that <gasps> oh, how I opened? Oh uh, and Ray was like, oh my God. And, and he showed me I this love site. It's called, do you have it, Thomas? It's called the Flat Earth Society. Have you heard of this, Lori? Oh, sure. yes. oh, yeah, oh, me yeah. too. Yeah. That, that rapper is, uh, he's building, he's getting money to build, get a shuttle so he can go up in space and look and see. Oh, and you know okay. Shaquille O'Neal is uh, part of that group too, I think. Oh, he is. Yeah, oh, I didn't know. It's that. a big thing. It okay, yeah. so they so there's people then who think that tequila, tequila, that this is well, say no more. This yeah. is like legitimately. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Doctor Tequila. Doctor Tequila. All right, so you go on flat. Ray, can you narrate here? Like, what's going on? Like, why are people here, and what do they think? Honestly, I don't know. I've been on the site maybe twice. All right. Uh, so there's the Flat Earth uh, Society Library. But there's all of these forums. Like You, can, you have to like, talk into the mic, honey. Oh, okay. So there's literally all of these forums, and people just like talk for days about why the Earth is really flat, and there's like videos. And they're not joking. They <laughs> they're really, not joking. No, they're they really serious, believe really. This. Oh, my God. No, really. Yeah. And they really believe it, and they make like these, these animated videos showing how everything would work in the solar system if the earth was flat all right so oh what is really crazy. what's the link that thomas should click on the one that you that you sent me a picture of it i texted that to you yeah but it didn't show the link it just showed the picture yeah. i can get it on my phone do you want me to i'll get it on my phone hold on yeah i mean what do you have to say to these people I, if i were to stand yeah, really. face to face with somebody who thought the earth was flat i automatically immediately to myself say well you know we don't have anything in common <laughs> yeah. not, not one thing this person so is, a, just, is just an idiot yeah yeah. Just kind of looks like someone can grab that and hold it up to a camera. Oh, it's funny, and it's ra- and it's uh, and and it's round. Yeah, it's round. It just but happens flat. to it's be like a yeah. pizza it's pie. Round, it happens to be round, flat. though. Okay, pizza pie. It's just coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> and so, what do do we know? Like, what started this, or what fuels this, or no idea? Because you guys already knew more about it than I did. <clears throat> it was uh, uh, from what I've been hearing, and and I it could be totally wrong, but it was a um, conspiracy where. Uh, Along the lines of the moon landing was made up. Oh, like Capricorn with O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where it's like, essentially, NASA isn't real. And so one of the things that they keep talking about is that we've never seen an actual satellite go up and like a video of them orbiting the earth or some it's, i don't know i don't remember unbelievable How, you, you can go online yeah. and see that anywhere everywhere but it's not like they keep saying like so one guy was like it's not the full earth and then um so basically but, but what there's so, so it's sort of like the donald trump with fake news it's just any yeah. any kind of proof you give they go oh well that's fake but why that's is this up. elaborate hoax being perpetrated to what end Who, who's benefiting from a flat earth or I think I mean, at some point it turned into a meme. I'm not really sure how, but at some point people started picking up on this and making memes. And then it kind of got the support of people, I guess, um, who thought, hey, that's a funny meme. And they started actually looking into it and were like, I'm going to devote my spare time into looking at this. But why exactly. would so many people go to school for so long and invest their entire lives to, to Shills, man. you know, to hide, to, to actively hide the fact that the Earth is flat. To they, what, just like what, w- they just don't know. They just don't know. Why would like, people do that? But see, that's I, I that I. It's hard explaining, but that's the, that's the reason why I love conspiracy theories. Is that every conspiracy theory is just an idiot who's like, no, I'm I'm the real genius. Y'all right. don't. Yeah. You guys are dumb. You guys are the ones who believe in the in every in what you're spoon fed. Right. I'm the one who's doing the research online. Yeah, My question is, if the Earth is flat, yeah. 
why why is tricking people into thinking that it's a globe advantageous to anybody well because they don't know like one of the things was uh so kevin and bean right okay Ke- kevin- yeah, i rest my case <laughs> kevin and bean i'm gonna take a, you to the uh, edge and push you uh, off who are, right now. a local radio show in uh in in los angeles they had a, a call-in topic and somebody called in and basically was the same thing as like said the flat earth um, and they just said that people are just kind of re- regurgitating the, the information that they've already been given and they're not willing to do the research. So one of the questions that Bean asked was, um, I forgot the gentleman's name. He, he, he's like a, a big proponent of space and he goes on oh, a lot like of Neil time. DeGrasse Tyson? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sure. Like, oh, well, why yes, would yeah. he devote his time and energy into, you know, into this or Bill Nye or, you know, whatever. And they were like, well, cause they're, he's they, a science guy. Yeah, because oh, they don't yeah. really know what's going on, and they're just regurgitating the information, and they they just dismiss them as oh, they're just performers; they're not actually scientists. There's a whole other <laughs> wow. thing about how Bill Nye isn't really a scientist. Oh wow! So it, it sounds like they're just kind of <laughs> riffing, and and like it's like jazz; they just keep yeah. going. Oh yeah, for the sake of it's, it, and it's improv. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like anytime you kind of boiled down a conspiracy theory it's one of two things it's the government is trying to uh basically kill us or (laughs) aliens or aliens are trying to control us like that those are one of two things so like like i don't know if you guys know about chemtrails that that's the (laughs) that's a conspiracy theory that i'm in love with right is that a wormhole Mm. we want to go down uh, it is, you know, when you see an airplane, right. and you see the, the oh, trail yeah, that yeah. it leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people believe that those are chemicals that are sprayed down. Brain okay. control oh fog. Okay. Yes. Brain control fog. And oh uh, a big conspiracy is that we are actually meant to be a higher hybrid of human but because um the, i hate this i hate every part of this the reptilian <laughs> because the reptilians who actually control the government want the us lizard people. yeah the lizard people need to take our essence from us and need to keep us docile they have chemtrails and they have these little microbes that kind of keep us from doesn't it sound mutating. though like one joker at a party made this stuff up oh, and then exactly. wanted to see how many people would go with it right well, it's a lot simpler it's, than exhaust i mean yeah exactly yeah right. well, what I love about it is it's like, it's just the imagination that people have. Well, yeah. It's just like, True. you would be like, if you would just put that energy into something <laughs> yeah. right. constructive, you would not be in a trailer, like, you know, <laughs> with the t- outside of an airport looking at <laughs> chemtrails. That's right. a problem with the internet. It's a great equalizer. You can be in a trailer thinking that the earth is flat and you type up a few sentences and hit send and, and suddenly you know. you've got, you know, a million followers. And your words are just as powerful as uh, sure. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the head there of the height of uh, uh, planetarium. What is it? The Hayden Planetarium, or you know? Mm-hmm. But he, I would say the most terrifying thing is not necessarily that there are conspiracy theories. It's that now conspiracy theories are being taken seriously by people that shouldn't be taking them seriously, like government Don- officials. Yeah, Donald Trump has <laughs> called Infowars a legitimate news site. Right. So that to me is like, why are we cu- freaking out? And like I was, when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, so the world's going to end. That's, that's yeah. a thing that's definitely yeah. going to happen. It's a critical I'm, mass. I'm hoping that the forces for good or, or like the love and reason and truth and sanity in the world is like 100 times more powerful than a few crack pipe, uh, crackpots on Reddit I'm hoping, you know, because we can leave our homes and (laughs) march in the streets with signs that say the truth. Like we're we're like a physical presence that's larger than their physical presence in the real world. 
Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, in the zeitgeist, yeah, I mean, in the zeitgeist, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a four letter word to to say the enlightenment. You know, it's yeah. just uh, I I like the enlightenment. I thought that was a pretty cool any, period of time. Any and, mm-hmm. any time that we like kind of lurch forward in progress has been a time where we've been tolerant of all types of different people. Right. And those are the best times in human history that we study because so much greatness came out of it. So no good comes out of suppressing people and lying to them and giving them false <laughs> yeah. beliefs that yeah. scare them. Like, yeah. nothing good comes out of fear. One of the good things I think that's come out of, like, all of this is I feel like there is, I think the, we're seeing that the majority do feel that way. Right, there's, there's a do, huge like, backlash, yeah. Like, one of my big beliefs is that gay marriage and the gay rights and the LGBT movement was pushed forward, not not necessarily by, uh, I mean, a lot of it had to do with protests and stuff, like, but primarily by um, the the Baptist church that would uh, per, they would picket funerals. Mm-hmm. They started. Oh, what is that? Westboro. Westboro right. Baptist. Right. So uh, yeah. they would picket uh, gay people who died. Military funerals. Yeah, and then they started picketing military funerals. And then when they did that, people were like, "Well, if they're." being insane about this then they must be insane about gay marriage so maybe my thought process and you legitimately could see people's like Mm. minds change because they're like well i don't agree with them about this so maybe i shouldn't agree with them about gay marriage and maybe (laughs) you know am i just as hateful as these people Mm -hmm. and i think that that's exactly what's happening with with um you know donald trump and with with everything that's happening i think people are saying like well i don't i'm not as hateful as he is yeah it's shining a spotlight on the on the crazy and sort of it's being epitomized by roy moore right now because if they're going to say like oh a democrat is worse than a pedophile then everybody that was sort of on the fence is just like okay now now you're just now that's just crazy talk so let me vote for the democrat and in in a lot of ways like um i feel like uh uh women of color are are going to be the people who save the world and you know it's interesting because like you know a, a couple hundred years ago they were enslaved and now they're going to be the people who save the world and we we were relying upon them uh they started the you know the women's march the women's movement and like black women for example vote democrat 90 90 percent of black women vote democrat Mm -hmm. so those are going to be the people who save america is the people who weren't legitimately considered a part of america Mm -hmm. or actual americans they were property and so i think that could be like an interesting amazing page in our history yeah i'm I'm predicting kamala harris kamala harris eric garcetti 2020 all right, I'll I'll march for that ticket. <laughs> All right, so Joe, what do you yeah. fo- what did you find online? I have to- I have the top ten turkey facts for you for Thanksgiving. You know, Americans eat tens of millions of turkeys each year on Thanksgiving. So yeah. we will run down the top ten geeky turkey facts. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number ten: the bird turkey actually is named after the country turkey it really this that's is, not just a coincidence I thought it was the other way no, around no. Ah. this is true this is actually true really europeans mistakenly thought the turkeys they saw in america were guinea fowl also known as turkey fowl in europe because get this they had to be imported from the country turkey to be able to be consumed here in huh. america that is a good mm-hmm. turkey fact. Yep. Number nine, strangely in many countries and languages, turkeys are called by the names of other countries. For example, in Portuguese, a turkey is called Peru, named after the country Peru. In Stop. Greece, they call turkeys <laughs> French that? birds. Come on. Is that Come real? On. This is true. Wait, okay. Is this on the flattery page? Yeah. <laughs> number eight, distinctive, that distinctive waddle of turkeys is an example of nature's propensity to multitask. It is used both as an air conditioner for the turkey on hot days 
when the blood-filled waddle cools off. I didn't think I was going to get to say that today. In addition, <laughs> it's used as a display, all right, to attract a, other oh, turkeys. Sorry. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no. It's it, uh, You know what? Uh, this is all interruptible. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, I want to start a punk band called Blood-Filled Waddle. <laughs> so if anybody's on board, let me know. Number seven, Benjamin Franklin would have preferred mm-hmm. the turkey to be America's official bird rather than the bald eagle. I heard that. Yeah, uh, I Frank, think that. yeah, I think I know yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, I think we know yeah, this one. He thought that, uh, oh. that the, uh, the bird, the eagle, had a bad character. Number six, Even though he the wishbone. It's true, though, because they, they <laughs> steal other eggs from other yeah, birds. Or oh, there you go. Bastards. See yeah. that? Bald eagles Hence are the dicks. name, you turkey. Um, the wishbone <laughs> that so many of us break on Thanksgiving vying for luck is actually called Little Fork, the Furcula. Why do they have these bones? The Furcula is thought, at least in part, to store energy during fight, during a half-wing stroke, and then they release it back. I have no idea what that means. Wow. Number five. <laughs> that went over my head yeah yeah turkeys have a tail that is considered a delicacy in many countries the huh. turkey tail is very fatty and a single turkey tail can have up to 200 calories in it what Good god number four wild turkeys are powerful and dramatically different than domestic a wild turkey can run up to 25 miles per hour oh that's god. uh <laughs> that's faster than usain bolt and fly up to 55 miles per hour Domestic birds are sadly more akin to a blob and cannot even fly. But don't piss off a wild turkey. I'm just telling you now. We're almost there. Number three, young male and female turkeys are called Jakes and Jennies. They grow up to be (laughs) they grow up to be Toms and Hens. Number two, the turkey and the octopus have something interesting in common. They both change color depending on their emotions. Turkey heads can be red, white, pink, blue, or gray. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. It's like a mood bird. That is. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the mood rings from the 70s? Sure. (laughs) A mood ring. Number one, here it is, the last, uh, the number one turkey fact. There are an estimated 10 million wild turkeys in America in every single state except Alaska and Hawaii. Oh, Oh, wow. wow. I have no idea why. And there you have. Well, they run the twenty-five miles an hour. So. Yeah, Top yeah or they'll get there eventually. Turkey facts. Yeah. I love those facts. So. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank my guests for being here with us: Ray Bernstein, Omar Crook, and Lori Roggenkamp. Thank Joseph you, Piano, John Maddox, <sighs> Thomas Hubble. I'm Louise Palanker. Please like and subscribe and share with your friends because we are your new favorite podcast. Goodbye. Yay! Good night, everybody.